when there's a conflict, you also have to remember that the person who did the, the harm has a, has a side. The person who impacted has a side. And then you have to create space to kind of figure out how do we move past it. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another edition of Dads on Purpose, the podcast. I'm your host, Josh Ashford, and as always, got the big homie KB, Mr. Kevin Brigance. Talk to him, bro. I don't, I don't know what just happened, but his whole mic glitched out. <laughs> I'm like, were you even making any noise? It's the, it's the AirPods. Oh, oh. Not today, oh. but did nobody hear you, Kev? Man, that broke my heart. Yeah, <laughs> we're not starting over. We're not starting <laughs> over. Oh man, he missed it. Yeah, yeah. This I'm just look. I'm gonna just let y'all know right now. Like, so last episode, uh, I had the beginning of COVID. In this episode, mm-hmm. I'm on like the tail end of COVID. So praise God. First of all, one week. Um, yeah. But, uh, this. This is going to be one of them episodes. So if my voice sound more weirder than it usually do, then that's what it is. And you'll say, y'all can fight me. Or you'll say, y'all can send us some Patreons or something like that. We don't got one, but y'all can send it. Whatever. <laughs> um, man, we got Sym- Symphony. Uh, sorry, Melanie Mama, whatever you want to be called, uh, has been uh, on us to come on this show for a minute because her husband, uh, Melanated Daddy, Josh, uh, Mr. Long-Winded, uh, has been on <laughs> right. what? What's he been on? Three, three times, four times. I think it's three, three times. Yeah, three, three four, four, four times. Well, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm so happy I finally get my seat in the panel. Oh, that yeah, Kev, you still, oh, we still on. can't hear you. Yeah, I better get Are your you brother serious? back here. No, there you go, there you go. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can hear a little bit. I can hear a little bit. I can, hear a little bit. but yeah, no, no, no. Welcome to the show. So glad you're here. Um, I, oh, now, now Kev got feedback. I don't know what's going on. We're going to figure it out. Symphony, we're going to figure this out. Me and you, we're going to be on here. But now you done muted yourself. Oh, I see Josh coming in here. Man, God. But, yeah. God. Yeah, yeah, this is what I do. Yeah, yeah. Josh. Yeah, this ain't about you this time. This, it's up? not about you. Always about you. Supposed to, you to, did you just take her phone? Are you leaving? <laughs> yeah, I left her there. Don't talk about me. What's up, my brother? This, this is not your show. It's all about me. This is my show. You, 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 first of all, it's our show. You just it's, it. it's my show. <laughs> he can't never just share. Just can't Listen. share. I took my AirPods out because he's talking too much junk, and I need y'all to hear that. Mm-hmm. So y'all don't be thinking that I'm going crazy. Yeah. You be all right. Yo, uh, I got so many questions, though. But, um, I got so many places I want to start this off. Um, but again, I'm really glad to have you on this show because I... We we have so many dads on here, which is dads on purpose. But I feel like there is a gap missing. Um, not not necessarily no shade, whatever. Not not necessarily to have more women on, but to have us to, to help us with the ladies in our life. You feel me? Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. So that's that's really where I want to um I want to go with this one because I, I know you have uh so many interests. And I mean, pause. Tell the people who you are. 
Like, introduce yourself. How you want to introduce yourself? You know, thank you for that. Um, I am Symphony, also known as Melanated Mama. And I am a motherhood content creator. <clears throat> uh, I'm going to give you my official mission statement because I'm trying mm. to get better at this elevator speech. <laughs> but my purpose is to inspire and build a community of Melanated Mamas by using art and storytelling to navigate conscious parenting. So, like, that is the gist of how I share things to the web. Yeah. Did you say art? Yes. Mm-hmm. What kind of art? I am interdisciplinary. So I do a little bit of printmaking, painting. Like I don't know what that means. Photography, filmmaking, all of the things. I'm a maker. Now, but what are you, what are you, for? what's for, for photographing? God, what are you taking <laughs> pictures of? <laughs> A lot of my work centers around literally storytelling and motherhood, and so um, what that look like. I tell me what that look like because I don't. I mean, you don't have y'all. to physically show me, but I'm gonna show you. <laughs> y'all got me getting out the screen and stuff. <laughs> I mean, you you realize this is a YouTube show too. You know that's okay. You know what? But see, I think it's better if you see what I'm talking about versus me trying to. This explain is why you me. can't give black folks nice things. But well, this is doing, one man. example. I can't. Your head's in the way. Oh, oh. Nice. Okay. All okay. right. I got more. And that's print, or is that paint? This is all okay. acrylic on wood. Oh, acrylic on wood. Acrylic on wood. Nice. Okay. So, are you doing like paint with the twist type classes? That's for fake artists. Oh, see. We us, us real artists would never. Why? What's first of all? What's wrong with that's like saying real golfers don't go to Top Golf. They don't. Not for real. They do. It's for entertainment. It's for fun. That's what it's for. That's what I'm saying. Like I go there and it's not fun for me because I'm literally an artist. So like those little canvas. Well, you need to you need to check yourself. You need to learn how to unwind with some wine. But uh, look, she got me upset. <laughs> I'm a real artist. You know, I paint I, real things. Let me take that back. It's a fun outlet, but it doesn't bring me joy. Okay. Okay. That's acceptable. That's- now, back to the issue at hand. No. Um, perfection is perfection. So, no, oh, anyways. Um, <laughs> what, what I did want to know, here's where I want to start, though. I, I really do want to start with how, as men, as husbands, as spouses, uh, can we be more supportive? And so that's why I wanted to start with you and what you're doing, because I know Josh is a huge supporter of everything that you're doing. And so I'm like, yo, like how as men can we be more supportive of the women in our lives? That's a really good question. And I think at least for my journey and like my marriage um, for us, it's just about creating safe spaces for us to be vulnerable Like that Mm. is a a major piece because I think oftentimes the disagreements, the misunderstandings, the conflict really stems from um, one of the people in the situation not making a safe space. And a lot of times that's for two things. One, we don't know how to handle conflict in a way that's healthy or or we've Mm. never seen conflict handled in a way that's healthy or I don't have the vocabulary Um, the emotional vocabulary to express myself. And so then I'm yelling at you or whatever about something when really that's not even what I'm upset about. And it's because I don't have the language to unpack that. Hmm. And so I think that um, when partners can create a safe space to say, okay, (laughs) 
Like let's unpack <laughs> it together. Like let's really get to the root of this instead of um, reacting. Yeah. And that's hard, right? Because if your wife is just nitpicking, like you ain't washed dishes, you ain't did it, and it's like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm gonna create a space for you to tell me what's really bothering you because this ain't yeah. it. And yeah. yeah. Well, because that's what I was about to ask. I was like, yo, like, well, even if you create that space, like, you just got this vacant lot space just sitting here and ain't nobody visiting it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you didn't put signs up. You didn't put, hey, free parking. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're like, hey, come come visit this free, this safe space. But ain't nobody, but ain't nobody visiting it. So, you know what I mean? People don't think- visit. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, because I, I like the, the healthy conflict, and I'm doing some, uh, y'all know, I'm all into leadership, uh, and we're, we're studying uh, Lencioni, um leadership, and what he's talking about is healthy conflict. All that needs to be trust, and then there needs to be conflict. There needs to be some tension. Well, a lot of times, number one, although we love each other, do we trust each other with our conflict, right? We trust mm. each other not to be hurt. Uh, in in the midst of that conflict, so I think a lot of it is with that healthy space. Is it really is it really a space where I feel comfortable? And then number two, am I willing to deal with the conflict and ha- being okay with having healthy conflict? And I think and, and you help me, you can help me with this, Symphony. Like when we talk about healthy conflict, that's both of being able to share both of our sides, no matter how we feel about what side we're on. But so that we could have that chain of disagreement, and it's going to be disagreement. But the problem is, is that we take the disagreement to anger, mm-hmm. and then we're in anger when all we were doing was in a conflict, which is okay. And I don't, even when I think about this new training that I'm getting with leadership, I never looked at conflict to be healthy. It's always been if I have conflict, I run away from conflict because I don't want to. Uh, get upset, be mad. And I think, mm-hmm. number one, a healthy space. And then number two, just really that conflict. Like, conflict is good. We should be having conflict. If we're not having conflict, then it's... We're not a community, for real. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so talk a little bit more about the conflict. How do you and Josh really navigate the whole conflict deal? Because I think that we think we look at conflict like bad thing, and we, we need to start looking at conflict good, healthy thing to have. And then how do we say, okay, you know what? Agreeing to disagree and let's move on. Yeah. So um, I'm not familiar with who you were talking about in terms of the, the reading that you've been doing. But a lot of my work with like restorative practices and like just understanding um, conflict comes from Bell Hooks. And so she has an article that she wrote called Beloved Community. And so really, it's just saying that, like, in order for me to be in community with you, I have to one. <clears throat> um recognize that you are redeemable, right? So even if you make mistakes, you are redeemable. And so that is the foundation, right? And especially in a marriage, right? I have to know that my partner, one, is not trying to like maliciously do anything to hurt me, but that they can come back from that. And that's huge, right? And so you have to be able to understand that your partner is redeemable. And then from there, you navigate conflict in a way, you know, then there are strategies, right? I statements, you know, whole body listening and all of those things that support you being able to navigate conflict. And so that's how we handle our marriage. Like, I know he's talked a lot about with y'all with like naked conversations. That's literally a restorative circle where we, <laughs> you always laugh. <laughs> I, yo, I, listen, I'm that dude. Like, I, I just, 
I'm that dude. Like you, you say naked conversations. I'm gonna laugh. I'm gonna be 75 and still laughing at that. Doesn't matter. It is what it is. But keep going. Sorry. That's hilarious. But no, like we create that space and it's whole body listening. So if like he's bringing the conflict to me, it's not my time to respond. It's my time to listen. And mm. then when he's done talking, then I can respond to that. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. a lot of times when you in conflict, historically, like you you yelling, you yelling. Ain't nobody listening to each other. And so mm-hmm. it's a skill to be able to have to sit and receive information about you that doesn't feel good. And that's hard. Mm-hmm. And that takes practice. And so, like, are we perfect? Absolutely not. Um, but then we've also had to have really good conversations about, like, how do we handle conflict? Like, what yeah. what does that even what are the rules of engagement when we in conflict? Ooh, what are the rules like of that. engagement of conflict? Yo, I'm going to yeah. be real. This sounds like a lot of work. It is. But you care about the person you with, right? And so no, 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 yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I'm just, I'm just think, like, like I, I, that was me digesting it out loud, mm-hmm. um, but but already understanding that, like, yo, like, so like marriage is work, like life is work, like relationships are work. Um, but but I think I was, I I got I got caught on TikTok on the TikTok loop for like you know saying you know how it happens. You start and then you next thing you know, three hours later and you just like how did I get on you know the Mormon TikTok? But anyways, uh, you go down the rabbit hole. You you just end up wherever you end up. But there was uh, one on there and it was it was these I don't want to say kids because it makes me sound like an old person. They was like they was like in their twenties. You know what I'm saying? And they were like, oh, we low-key kind of toxic. And they were just like insulting each other. But then they would be like, my love, babe, wife at the end. And I'm like, I, I don't know if that is like the culture now or if they were just like looking for views. But like I see that more often than not when people are celebrating having toxic relationships. Mm-hmm. And, and instead of doing the work to 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 be in something that uh is is beneficial and, and not just for your emotional state but for your healthy state because toxic relationships bro that that will kill you on the inside too mm-hmm. but i th- i think that's tough because i think uh i think revert back like that's all i know is toxic relationship all they know is my parents not being together all i know is my mama being beat or all they know is, bro. You know like I, I hear you, but at at some point, what's happened to you is no longer excuse. No, 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 no. It's exposure, right? It's no, 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 no. At, at some point, it is no. Lo- you can no longer say. But, but that's what I'm oh, saying. Oh, this is what it's happened ex- to me. And no, at some exposure. point, at some point, you gotta say like, yo, like I'm making a decision. But that's like, what you, I'm you, saying, though, okay. Josh. You, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying though is exposure. If I grow up in a toxic environment and if I grow up learning that hitting is love, if I, when I get older and I am person that's when I'm for somebody to show that they love me is hitting until somebody comes to me and exposes me to something different and shows me something different. That person that assume like this is love because that's how my, that's how I got my love elsewhere. I don't believe that. If if you sitting there, if you getting hit. Yo, you far, you bro. sit there, you be like, I don't want to get hit. Well, what you need to do, you need to get the out of there. But that's not that's not always the case. Come on, Melanated. I, I, I know that's not the case, but all I'm saying is that at some but, point but, in your but, life, you got to take responsibilities but, for what you do, and you can't blame it on somebody else or your environment. But I, I mean, I, I wish I wish I could agree with you on that, bro. But I've talked to seen I've seen it with my own eyes, and uh, I'm gonna give it to Melanated Mama. Let you talk on it. 
I mean, I see both sides of it, right? And I think, you know, Kev, you know, we work in schools, we work with young people, and we see the cycle. Um, and I think there's a little bit of oh, are you okay? So I didn't know that. Um, and I and yes, I agree that at some point you got to be like, okay, I want better, and I want to, I want this to not be my circumstance. Um, but if I don't know what better looks like, then it becomes like, mm, you know. Well, I don't, Bro. I, I don't hit her in the face, but my mom, you know, my daddy used to hit her in the face. I, I'm better than him because, you know, <laughs> Bro, I just I, I know literal homeless people with cell phones. So the fact that you, we have a cell phone and you can look in online and see what a good relationship, like we are so connected. So like for someone to tell me that like, yes, I get it. Like for you to have that day-to-day exposure is one thing, like People be like, oh, you know what I'm saying? They get exposed to stuff on TV. Well, TV is not real to them. But actually, that's what they that is because that's what they build their cultures or societies based around what, what they see on TV. So how are you telling me that what they see on TV is not real? So now if they're exposing themselves and watching something else, you bro, you 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 ain't got I'm I'm just I'm picking on our community right now. Right. But but even when you think I can't even say BET because BET don't even play what they used to play no more. That's what I'm about to say, bro. But even when you think about our community, we haven't since the Huxtable since the '90s. We haven't had a good view of a healthy relationship of a blackish. Okay, that's one out of 150. You said we ain't had one since the Huckleberry. But we had, but we hadn't had a culture of entertainment that shows like, and that because I'm gonna be real, I think about that like. What is Kendall exposed to? When we were growing up, we had a plethora, we had a variety of shows mm-hmm. that we could pull from in a society. I just think, I think this is good because I think in certain pockets, I'm in Fort Worth, Texas. I go to the ER and I see the same thing happen over and over again because of lack of exposure, not because of anything. I think if they're exposed a little bit different and they get somebody in there that loves them, and support them. I see things change in those people who they're able to touch. And then when I go into other communities that are a little bit more affluent, I see, and with a little bit more exposure, I see differences in those different pockets. And that's why they just exposure and what they're exposed to and what they have can really bring change if they get the exposure to be changed. And I think it sometimes is difficult and it's hard, but even think about conflict, right? If I'm in one part of the city, these cats handle conflict totally different. If I'm in another part of the city handling conflict a certain way, but that's just because how that pocket is handling conflict and not wanting to want anything better. And so I think that um, I think that the exposure and trying to find out how to deal with conflict. I hated conflict. Look, Symphony, I hate conflict because of the way that I was exposed to conflict in my household. Mm-hmm. So because of the way that that because of the way my parents handle conflict. Which is, I mean, they're still together. They love each other. It just wasn't a healthy way for me to want a conflict. And so because of that experience, I've wanted to do something back. I want to be better and different. I tell you today, I still fail. Hmm. And I fail because of the scene and the way that I've seen conflict in the past. Does it make sense? And yeah. I'm trying to work on it. Believe me, I'm trying to work on it. But, but like I still avoid it. It's a lot of work. And I think it's a lot of work because you got to deal with yourself and like you got to deal with all of the things that flow through you in the midst of conflict. Some people shut down. Some people, you know, they got that flight or flight and they they go that way. And so, like, in order for you to be in a healthy relationship where the conflict is healthy, I have to understand how I show up in conflict. Right. Mm. And so my experiences with Josh was that 
I and I've never really had any traumatic experiences. I don't know where it came from, but I don't like when men yell at me. Well, I do know my daddy, but I don't like when men yell. So when you raise your voice, that's a problem for me. I'm not hearing what you're saying. And you could be dead right. But if you're yelling, your point is missed. Right. And so we had to have a couple falling outs where we had to then establish our rules of engagement. Listen, you can't Mm -hmm. yell at me. For him, it's hand movements. If I'm doing all of this, he like, do I need to swat? Like, what's happening? And so (laughs) I have to be cognizant of like how my how my body is moving when we're in conflict. So most times, because I talk with my hands, I'm sitting on my hands sometimes because I know that like he's not going to receive what I'm saying if I'm passionate with my hands when we're talking. And so like once we were able to kind of like recognize that this is what it is, when those symptoms like, you know, boil up, it's like, okay, we can't have this conversation. We're going to come back tomorrow. And that's okay, right? Because- We married. Like, I'm going to see you tomorrow. Like, we probably know. <laughs> but being able to say, like, this is not the space. This is not going to end healthy. So, like, we need to just pause on that. And that's a struggle for me because mm-hmm. I'm like, nope, we're going to talk about it right now. And Josh is like, I ain't ready. Like, if you want this to be healthy, I need a moment. And it'd be yeah. hard to hear that. But, like, I have to go back to our rules of engagement because even in conflict, I have to remember we on the same team. And oftentimes you forget that when you beefing, it's just like fight or flight. Like, man, this person hurt me. I'm about to get my lick back. Not realizing that this is your whole wife. This is your whole husband. This is your whole partner. <laughs> we on the same team. So I love I love the fact that you said that we really need to um, understand how we deal with conflict and how we handle conflict. I think oftentimes we always focus on the other person before we focus on ourselves. So, um, and I think that's even important because it's like, how do you know your levels of uh, angry, right? Like, are you mad? Are you upset? Are you angry? Furious? Um, and I think that's, I think that's number one, like really starting in your own self when it comes to conflict. Go ahead. I'm going to pause you there because what I've learned just with my work with young people is that typically anger is the secondary emotion. You were embarrassed first. You were frustrated mm-hmm. first. You were, you know, some other emotion and what came out was anger, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm on the recess playground and I got hit in the head with a football and all my homeboys laughing at me, I'm embarrassed first. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. laughing, now I'm mad and yeah. I'm going off and knock one of the heads off of the boys on the playground. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> yeah, yeah. how many kids have the language to say I was jealous and that's why I did this or I was embarrassed because, you know, this happened. And even in a relationship, there's a level of vulnerability that needs to be created in a safe space to say, you know what, husband, like I'm low key jealous of you right now. That's a human emotion is real. And it happens. Mm-hmm. I'm resentful because like you can do this and I can't right now. Or you got this opportunity and I've been busting my butt and the opportunities haven't come my way. We on the same team, but like, mm. how often do we create a space to say that to our partners? I, lo- I, I love you that. Sound, I you heard. sound like my wife. She be getting mad because I take naps. I told her she picked the wrong job. So you need to pick a job that allows you to take naps. I be telling Josh too, like, I don't think it's fair that you get to sleep in every weekend and not up with the kids. <laughs> And he's like, well, I just can't help you an early bird. And I'm just like, you know, but that's that's a real conversation, though. <laughs> yeah. And I and that in that I hear emotional intelligence. Right. So not only am I understanding who I am into the conflict, but I'm, I'm understanding my own emotions and my own feelings. 
and having a safe place. Can you explain to us that like the establishing rules of engagement? Because I think, I think because you're taking two worlds, right? You're taking the way that Josh was handling in conflict, and then you're taking the way that you see conflict, and then you're like, you're like, okay, at some point, like, okay, the way that we're handling this is not working. Like, how do you get to a point where you're like, okay, we need to establish rules and an engagement as we handle conflict, and what does that look like? I'm going to be honest with you. Um, for us, it happened when we had a huge argument. And it was one of them, get your shit and you can step. Like, I'm not You know what I'm saying? Like, it was one of them where it was like, it got to the point where it got really ugly. And then mm-hmm. coming back from that, it was like... We can't we can't ever get to that place again. Mm-hmm. And so we need to figure out how we can handle conflict, you know, just normal, you know, small stuff or when it's big stuff. And for us, sometimes it's like when it gets really big, we we take it to nature. Like, OK, we can't sit in this house because we're going to act a fool in this house. Ain't nobody to check us. Ain't nobody to like be looking around. So we're going to walk in the park. You ain't going to act a fool in nobody's park. <laughs> you ain't, you ain't met me. <laughs> You know, and so when we take a walk, we can kind of like get our bodies moving, get our heart rates up and really kind of focus on the objective, like teacher language. At the end of this argument, what's the objective? I want a better schedule for the nighttime routine. Like that's at the end of the day, I I don't want to be the one who's doing it five days out the week and then you only get two. So then we figure out like how to get there together. I like that. I like understand what conflict Mm -hmm. is. And then focus on the conflict, not the emotion, not the the anger, not the get away if you need to get away. Man, that's dope, man. Um, I got a question. What what do you suggest to someone who's not good with conflict? Because you know, some people some people love conflict, right? Some people just can't wait. <laughs> they they but what about people who like they're really they know that the situation is right? They know. They love the person, but they just don't handle conflict. How do I come back and say, okay, listen, I want to handle this differently. Give, give, give me kind of, you know, cause I, I too, you know, I'm the, I'm the same way. Like I need to be able to down with my wife, Delina and say, you know what? Conflict is healthy for us. I just don't get when you do X, Y, Z. So I take a lot of like my practice from the practice of restorative practices. So I don't know if you all are familiar with that. Maybe working in schools. you Okay. So it, it started in the criminal justice system where you would have like the offender and the victim um, kind of in a space to really talk about it from each lens, right? Like, okay, this is why I did it. And then this is how it impacted me. Um, and there's a lot of work that happened on about that on the West Coast. Um, but in terms of how I translate that into schools and like my relationship is, when there's a conflict, you also have to remember that the person who did the the harm has a has a side. The person who impacted has a side, and then you have to create space to kind of figure out how do we move past it. And mm-hmm. so, in that, at least with restorative practices, it's whole body listening. Like while you are talking, I don't get to talk. I'm literally listening, and I don't get. And so for us, is we do that. So when we're in conflict, yeah. it's if he's talking and I can't talk because really I'm not even listening to what he's saying. I'm just waiting for opportunity to interject what I want to say. Yeah. So I have to really be conscious about, okay, I need to just listen, 
whole body listen so that I can, you know, really kind of hear his side about it. Um, so that's one strategy. But then also remembering that at the end, we have to work together for a goal, like for yeah. a, a resolve. Yeah. If there's, if it's just conflict to be conflict, you messy. And that, that mm-hmm. ain't healthy. You know what I'm saying? If you're not interested in a, re- a resolution, then I'm not playing that game with you. <laughs> like that okay. is, that's what, what my is, what is whole body listening? Cause you, yeah. keep, you keep saying that. And I don't know what that means. So when you're doing restorative circles in the classroom, right, you get all your kids in a circle and only really one person can talk at a time. So you have like a talking piece. When I'm holding this piece, everyone else has to listen. Typically in school settings, we do whole body listening where it's I don't get to shake my head if I agree with you. I don't get to you know, show any signs of like what my opinion is on what you're speaking. And you get why it's important in the school setting. Yeah. You're handling the conflict. And I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, you know, like, no. <laughs> and so even in my relationship, I practice whole body listening because I can be in my head like that is not how it happened. Like, no, you did not. <laughs> Talking with your hands. And so when you're in that space, you're you're not present for what's being being brought to the room. And so mm. I practice whole body listening because I'm shutting down every part of my body so that I can really focus on what you're saying and I can receive that so that I can then, you know, respond if I need to, or sometimes sit in that. <laughs> like sometimes mm. he says things and I'm just like. You can't, you can't shake your head though. <laughs> when it's my turn to talk, I just, I'm like, you, you right. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. My bad. That wasn't my intention. But, you know, I apologize for the impact. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, that's what it is. So whole body mm. listening is just being really intentful about listening to the person that's speaking, giving them the whole floor. That's good. I like that. I like that. I think one of my nuggets I take away from this today is, like, I think sometimes what throws me off is the conflict. The conflict for us is brought up in unopportune time. What do I mean? I'm not even thinking about it. And so when you come at me, I wanna I wanna defend myself or you know what I mean? It's not like, mm-hmm. hey Kevin, it's not like, hey Kevin, we need to talk or hey, let's set some time to really talk about this. And I think that's what I love that I that I heard here is that number one, we gotta make time for it. Like you can't you can't just be mad and angry and shooting at the fly because we never know what that person mind frame is. And I think that a lot of a lot of my conflict items on my end probably can be more resolved if I really take time just to solve conflict, not yeah. just you yeah. know like like really just say, hey, I'm gonna take, hey, you have time, we're gonna take 45 minutes. Let's just talk about what this thing that you were upset about and why you were upset it, so that we and then we can both hear our sides of it. I think that's very important because I think sometimes we're busy in life. And and I I noticed this in my household when we're busy, it's on a fly. It's not by yeah. like, hey, intentional, I guess is the word I'm trying yeah. to use. It's not intentional. And so what I think I want to try to start implementing is at least some intentional time, even if we there's no conflict, but just some intentional time to say, hey, this is just space and time for us to communicate and not just be busy communicating, but actually spending time to be one-on-one communicating. So thank you, you know, so much for that. I, I good. That's important. And like, even with my kids, how many times do you pick up your kids from school and you go, how was your day? And they go, good. And then you're looking around like, you don't got nothing else to say. And it's like, we asking the wrong questions. 
It's mm-hmm. literally when I'm in the car with my kids, it's tell me one or two things that made you happy today. And they can haul off 84 things about what made them happy. And then I'm like, okay, so then what made you sad today? And they'll say, oh, this made me sad. That gives me a little bit more to kind of get into conversation. And it's the same thing, you know, with your partners. At the end of every day, we try to just check in and say, okay, what was one good thing about your day today? What was one thing that annoyed you? And so then you kind of start to connect. And then it doesn't, that annoying coworker that has been getting on your nerves. And then you come home thinking about that coworker while you washing dishes. And then you're annoyed because you're washing dishes. And it's really, you're not annoyed about that. It's just a coworker. <laughs> you know how that spirals, right? You sit yeah, yeah. wash these dishes again. And you ain't mad about that. Right. You were there this morning. What you're really mad about work because you're trying to process how to deal with this coworker. Use your partner. Create space to say, what's something that's been pissing you off at work? Mm, they good. can help you. That's good. That's, that's really why, good. That's why I only got five coworkers. <laughs> I only got about 10 and they, you know. <laughs> Look, I got five coworkers and six friends. I'm good. That's that's about maybe. Look, maybe five. I don't know. Right. <laughs> but that's good. That's good. You got to make time for those conversations and definitely get it all out on the table. But all of that translates into my parenting too, right? So the same language that I'm using to help my my marriage, I'm using that same language with my kids so that they can have the emotional vocabulary to communicate when they're adults. And so, you know, mm-hmm. my daughter will come to me and be like, you know, mom, I'm disappointed that you told us we were going to get dessert and we haven't gotten dessert for the past two weeks. And I'm like, you right. My bad, sis. Mm. Let's fix I love that. that. I love how you set up a culture now in your whole house. So now your kids won't have, they have the tools to be able to express how they're feeling when they're feeling in the proper times to that. And I think that, you know, I'm I'm in this whole thing about culture right now, but just setting the culture out, mm-hmm. I think, so, it, so you're saying not even if we work on it as adults, if we get this right as, as parents, we'll also have a great, um, uh, what's the model for our kid to follow? Yeah. follow. Um, what do you guys ever have a session where your kids are like, "Hey, man, we don't like what y'all did. We need to talk." Absolutely. So I'll never forget that same blow up when I was like, "Get your shit!" Like that <laughs> that whole argument. It happened in front of the kids, right? And so the kids were like, "We have to repair that harm, right?" Mm. Because they saw conflict in the way that goes against everything we try to teach them. <laughs> and so I had to go back and say, "You know, mommy and daddy, we're still trying to figure out how to deal with our anger monster. We're still trying to come up with the language, and sometimes we make mistakes, right?" Mm. We had to apologize to them because that went against our family norms. We don't handle our anger that way in our family, and so from there. You know, there could be some passionate conversations that happen. And then the kids are like, oh, you know, mommy, you said we're not doing that, you know, and they check us like, OK, obviously we going against our norms. Let's pull back. Let's recenter because we're not modeling that for the kids. And they'll mm-hmm. we give them reins to call us out on that mm-hmm. all the time. I, I'm laughing because my my three year old does that all the time. She'll be like, <clears throat> she'll be like, daddy, she's like, we don't say that. It's like, oh, we we don't do that. Or like you said, like you told the kids that you was going, you know, take, get them dessert or whatever. They was upset today. I was doing something and she came in the living room. She was just like, let's go build a snowman, which they ain't no snow. So we just <laughs> make believe. <clears throat> and I was like, all right, I'm going to be in there after I finish doing this. Well, I had finished doing something. 
and it I kept doing something else. And I came in here and I was like, baby girl, why are you not ready? She was just like, I was waiting for you. You said we were going to build a snowman. I was like, my bad. Dog. So we, <laughs> we built some snowmen. And I don't know. It was, it was make believe. So whatever, you know, said so it took 30 seconds. It's fine. But uh, anyways, <laughs> I, I like the fact because it, it's, I love the fact that it's different, but that it's like the same, like still creating that space and allowing them to, I don't, I don't know if vulnerable was the right word or whatever, but have uh, uh, some say, some, some input. Cause kids are, they're kids are humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can remember humans. being a kid and being upset at a director from my mom or my grandma. And I would just stump off into my room, like go to your room. And it, I was just left to kind of figure out whatever emotion I was dealing with, like on my own. And so in my house, when my kids mm-hmm. pull that, I'm like, you can stomp. Scream. I don't care how you get upstairs, but we're going to have a conversation about how to deal with your anger in a way that's healthy. Mm, that, I like that. That, ain't, that ain't how we do it. So do you need a stress yeah. ball? Do you need to go do some jumping jacks? Do you need to go draw? But we're not doing that. I would rather you tell me, mommy, I'm mad that you told me I got to clean my room right now than if you just, just stomp up. Use your words. You're going to get in trouble for not using your words more than you get in trouble for stomping up the stairs. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, right. And it's probably, yeah. and I'm triggered by it because I'd be like, oh, I would have got my head knocked off. <laughs> so I had to check okay. my triggers, but, you know. <laughs> so so you say to that, because I know, um, I know there at one point like this was, you know, when it comes to conflict, you know, whatever you do, don't argue in front of your your babies. Don't argue in front of your kids. You know, handle that stuff behind closed doors. Like, what did what did your take on that? You do your kids such a disservice when you do that, hmm. because hmm. actions speak louder than words. And yeah. so, if I don't ever see my parents handle conflict, I'm either going to grow up and believe that it's not a thing, and so I'm going to take more than I probably should, or I'm going to handle it in another unhealthy way. And so, we definitely have conversations and in, in about conflict in front of the kids, where it's just like I disagree with you, and Josh would be like, "Well, I disagree with you," and I'm like, "Okay, well, we need to come up to a, a middle ground. Like, what are we about to do? Can can she watch TV or not?" <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And so then it's <laughs> and so then it's like, well, you know what? We're gonna we gonna bring we're gonna bring the kid into the conversation. Here's what you did wrong. Mm-hmm. This is this is the expectation you did not meet. You need to have a consequence. Me and daddy disagree on a consequence. So what do you think your consequence should be? And wow. every time you started doing that, they consequences be worse than what we was thinking. So I'm like, all right, sis. You don't want electronics for three days? I was just thinking for tonight, but all right, cool. And me and Josh high five, and we like we did that. Like, <laughs> I like, I like. That's good. Guys. I love, I love how you guys are giving your kids a voice, and I think that's one of the things that I, I really try to focus on as a as a parent, as a father, is giving them a voice. How do you? How do you help? As health, health—that's not even a word. Health, healthily, healthily. It works. But how do you, how do you, how do you give your kids as a as a black mom? Because see, I think, you know, one of the things that I think about when I when I hear that is my mom was calling me talking about boy, Kendra calling me. T- she got options and choices. You know, she ain't got no choices. In Man, I just posted <laughs> something about this today uh, on my IG because uh, what's his name, Mister Mister Chaz, Mister uh-huh. Chavez, whatever. He he did a, a he just posted a, a video about that about this. Golly, like, what's the call? What's the thing called on Instagram? A real, a real? golly. Mm-hmm. 
<sighs> he just did a reel talking about that, talking about uh, when when black people when they figure out that black people are doing positive parenting, they like that's some white stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm. and then he was just like breaking it down, like how it goes back to slavery and how we used to be in a, a, a survival state and how we're trying to break those generational curses and mm-hmm. whoop. And I was just like, that makes a lot of sense. But anytime, anytime uh, we do anything against our typical culture, it's always construed as white. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, like I just, this is just how I talk. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, I, that's just the way. I don't. Anyways, that's yeah, I, I, I was. I was. That was the end of my point. I didn't have no words to go. <laughs> For me, I just I let my kids be a testament to my parenting style, where I don't have to say nothing. Because what ends up happening is <clears throat> they'll see that my daughter's outspoken. She has an amazing vocabulary. She's confident. She, you know is um, a leader in her own right. And so they look like, man, how did you, you know, how did you get her to like be like that? And I'm like, because mm-hmm. I don't control her. Like I'm here to guide her. And, you know, she is her own person. She's not my mini me. She's Marley, you know what I mean? Or Kingston or whatever. And so I try to help them understand that like, here's an analogy. When you think about like a one-year-old, right? They're learning how to walk. Everything around them is new. They're curious. And no matter what you do, you cannot control this one-year-old. You can't control when they cry. You can't control. You can't stop them from crying. What do you do? You guide them. You put things in their path to support and, you know, try to help them maneuver the way you would like for them to keep them safe. Right. I don't want you to go down the stairs. I'm going to put up a gate. You know, I don't want you to go into these cabinets. I'm going to put a lock on it. I want you to stop crying. I'm going to give you a cracker, you know, a toy, whatever. (laughs) So. We don't keep that same energy as our kids start to get older. The assumption begins that they know better. And it's like, no, they're trying mm. to do the best that they can do with their life. They're seven. You know what I'm saying? They don't have the vocabulary, the experience to navigate situations that, you know, we would as adults. And so I try to bring that analogy is that we don't we don't we're not supposed to stop guiding them. That same energy that you give to that one-year-old is the same energy your seven-year-old needs, your mm. 10-year-old needs, your 18-year-old needs, because they don't have it figured out. And they're they're only doing the best that they can with the tools that they have. That's so when you talk yeah. about access, we pull away opportunities because they they know better. They're supposed to, you know, they should have been there, you know. And it's like, mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's real good. That's real good. Kev, we gotta get out of here, man. (laughs) I don't I don't know what you said because your mic cut out. Man, I need to I gotta bring my other mic back. What happened to it? I'm on the I'm on the different device today. Oh, see, listen, is he messing up a good thing? When you got something that's good that's going, but you think you got better. Trying oh, to I be wish a I had a dad. witness. Oh, I, somebody, somebody. So where's where's the offer and play it real quick? So we can go ahead and pass this through. Listen, before we get out of here, though, uh, what I really, what I really want, because I think this is good. I think no, it re- it really is. That was me I, saying, like, yeah, we got to get out of here soon. Yeah, I'm, I need to go get some more medicine because this is Aww. this is not working. <laughs> um, because I, I we hit this topic often sometimes and. You know, I really want 
um, Tiffany is like, what is like some really some some really good steps? Like maybe somebody's in conflict in their home and they don't know how to navigate through conflict or like, you know, and they recognize like this is unhealthy what what, what we're going through. And maybe the other person is not the education or the know-how. Like for somebody today who's like sitting to this and they're starting to wreck, because I'm telling y'all, man, like seriously, this is good for me because I'm things to pop up in my brain and say, okay, Kevin, you need to do this better. You need to do this better. Like for somebody who's listening to this podcast who gets your voice, and um, all the practices that you've done to get a healthy conflict established in your home, what are some steps that they can take to establish healthy conflict environment for for them? So they they don't they know that they need some change. They don't. What is the next for them from this podcast? I think the the first step is first being able to have a conversation around conflict, right, and mm-hmm. destigmatize the word. You know, that's number one. I think from there, you need to build your own inner capacity. So if it's building your own vocabulary um, of your emotional, like where you are emotionally, I think that's important to do some self-work and then understand your partner and the self-work that they had to do and then create the safe space. I don't think you can jump right from like, oh, it's a conflict, conflict. We're going to go create a safe space. You got to do some internal work first. You got to mm-hmm. recognize, you know, where you are and how you deal with all your range of emotions, not just, you know, anger. You know, what do I do when I'm happy? What do I do when I'm sad? What do I do when I'm bored? Like, you got to be able to figure that out and then share that with your partner. Let your partner share that with you um, and then say, like, here's what I need to feel supported. Mm-hmm. When I'm sad, when I'm angry, when I'm happy, you know what I mean? Um, and then you can start to build that safe space. People always say this is a safe space. Safe spaces aren't safe because you say they safe. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I, build that. <laughs> I can't laugh. I can't laugh. I'm going to start coughing. Where's the mute button? <laughs> but you write about it. You write about you. You're, you're creating safe you're creating a safe space just off of a whim and and you're not really being to the foundation of making that safe space. So that's good. Because I think what happens is you give them a safe space just for somebody to get hurt even more. So you're saying it's a safe space, but you yeah. If you say it's a safe space and then I come to you and I'm like, hey, like I feel resentment to you because of this and you haven't done your inner work and you don't understand what I need as your partner, hmm. you're going to do harm to me because you're going to respond in a way that makes me feel low. It's going to make me feel like I need to go back in my shell because mm-hmm. you didn't receive what I said. Right. You took it offensively. You know, you, you know, whatever. Yeah. But if I can explore with you first and create that level of intimacy that says, you know, when I'm upset, like when I'm crying, I just want you to wipe my tears. Like, I don't want you to just leave me by myself, even if, you know, I did did something real stupid. Like, I just want you to- yeah. Huh? You you know what's crazy though, and, and it's not that crazy, but it's just an observation is that any amount of success in anything starts with the work on the inside of you. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, if you want to be successful in anything, like this, the work starts with you. And I think so many people skip that step. Because like, it's the hardest step. It's the first step. But looking in that mirror, sometimes you you, you got to have them hard conversations with yourself. And sometimes people avoid that because you got to take accountability for, you know. That's a whole mm. other <laughs> podcast. Mm, mm, mm. 
We'll That's see y'all good. next week. Thank y'all. God bless. <laughs> <clears throat> we really like I mean, more chips. <laughs> but uh, no, no, no. That that was good. That was step by step. Yo, closing remarks. Symphony, Melanated Mama, what you got for the people? Dads, moms, whatever, you know, whoever you want to talk to. I think that exploring your emotions is a good thing. And the more time you spend with your emotions, you learn a little bit more about yourself. And then you can share that with the people you love. And that's how you create boundaries. And how can people find you? You can find me on all the social media platforms at Melanated Mama. I'm going to do like M A M A. Get her talking crazy. Like, oh, you want to talk crazy? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, is that? Oh, Josh, back there? Uh-huh. Hey, tell him to play with them. Sorry, Philadelphia Eagles. I saw him on the game when you was walking by the screen. <laughs> I don't know who he played with or whatever. I have no idea. But yeah, you can find me on all the social media platforms. And uh, I got some new products out there. So if you need some stuff about how to help your kids navigate their emotions, follow your girl. Hey, Kev, where you at? Hey, man, this was great. Like, seriously, comp is great. Have a conversation about conflict. Understand where you are in the conflict scale. Understand your partner in the conflict scale. And then create the environment for conflict. Like, I just think, um, you know, we have to really, we really do need to change the idea of conflict. Conflict is healthy. Disagreeing is healthy. Agreeing is healthy. Uh, and just not even having a, you know, a solid hand for this. So I think we just really need to get to a point to a place to where we're conversating and we're communicating on a consistent basis and understanding our own emotions first before we try to invite somebody else into our emotions. Um, so y'all, man, do the work. Like everything is hard, but it starts. Mm, that's good. That's it. That's all. They said everything I need to say. Um Y'all need to like the podcast, share the podcast, subscribe to the podcast. You know the drill, man. Like we we've been doing this. This is episode sixty something hundred, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know what number it is, but whatever it is, y'all know the drill. This ain't your first time, and if it is your first time, get in line, go do the things. We love you guys. Take care. God bless. Peace. Peace.